1: Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of the SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Conouse Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis.
0: all right welcome to the saints happy hour podcast uh andrew before we get to the pelican house and do the sponsorship because they're awesome tell tell the people why the podcast
1: is just you and me well we had everyone and i thought it was a great episode it was i I thought it was really funny and you know it wasn't a lot of saints talk but it (laughs) It was not it was was not there, there were a lot of jokes and and that kind of stuff but uh once again, we had the uh, audio issue and the well, no, podcast. Dropped. We, See, we... Ralph, you you sound broken, man. Like I almost feel bad <laughs> mocking I am, you because like, the spirit is, is I am, out of it.
0: I am, a, I am a broken man on this podcast, and we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, <laughs> Louisiana. They're awesome. They have 136 draft beers, and if I was there, I would drink them all. And I would watch on the 50-foot TV and I would eat their late-night menu till I burst. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They're awesome. Please support them because they support us as long as this podcast goes, which is, we keep having audio issues. It might not be much longer, Andrew. I'm about to it. <laughs> Uh, and I, 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 like, I'm only half kidding, but seriously, we'll, we'll get it figured out. Uh, maybe. I don't know.
1: Maybe. Um, um yeah, probably not.
0: But we have some fun stories we'll tell. Andrew will tell a sandal story that's awesome. I will tell a dating story later on that I didn't tell in the original podcast. Um, but Andrew, the Saints had no news today, which is good because thank if the, God. Yeah. If the Saints have news. That means that someone got arrested, someone got drunk. Uh,
1: the Joe, just the Joe Morgan special, if or, you will,
0: or the the Junior Gallette beach beach blanket uh beat you special.
1: Yeah, that was another good one.
0: That was another good one. Um, so we had a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, the thing is that was interesting, and we talked about it. Is with the NBA stuff, and I know, look, no one tunes in this podcast for NBA talk, obviously. But I think the interesting thing is with all the crazy salaries in the NBA, like, um. Does there ever become a point, do you think, in the NFL where like – and I think it happened this year where like it's just hard to judge it. Like you look at a contract like the, the Pelicans gave uh, two players we don't even know their names, right, $80 million. Mm-hmm. So you look at it and you're like, I don't even know this player. That's crazy. They're giving a guy who scored four points $12 million a year. And you look at it and it's crazy. And we kind of did the same thing with Fleener at first. We're like, I can't b- – they're paying – Kobe Fleener, seven million dollars a year? Dude, he's not even made a pro bowl, he's not even caught sixty balls in a season. But is it kind of like one of those things where you just have to like readjust your mind to these cuckoo numbers?
1: Yeah, it's the T V contracts, man. Absolutely. I, I think it's it's a raising cap and there's kind of this assumption now that it's gonna keep raising. You know, I, I think teams would be smart to front load deals because I, I think eventually, I mean, th- there has to be a point where this stops, and well, it's, especially yeah. with the NFL, with all the concussions. I, I think, if anything, with basketball, it, it might go up. But with football, I think, you know, there's a chance that it could decrease over time with the concussion stuff and you see more and more guys retiring in their prime. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. But, I i mean, it's unbelievable, man, these contracts. And I tell you, the system's obviously broken when guys like LeBron James and Kevin Durant are going to the best teams in the league because the product is so watered down now, man. And it's just like you look at these teams and, like, you, we already know it's going to be Warriors-Cavs in the final. Like, unless there's a catastrophic injury to the Cavaliers, it's going to be the Warrior. I mean, the, the Warriors can probably suffer one catastrophic injury and well, still be in the finals.
0: And here's the thing, it's like owners there I know they're like petrified of having to pay LeBron like if they didn't have a max salary and 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 they didn't have a cap in, in the NFL it would be really hard, but like with the NBA would owners be better off paying LeBron James 100 million dollars and not paying players we don't even know 12 million dollars, you know, would they be better off without a football might need a cap, you know, but it just seems like these salaries like they are like, like, like bonkers! Like you, you are gonna have in the NFL salary cap. It's, it's gonna go up another ten million dollars probably next year, right, Andrew? I mean, you're gonna yeah. have, you're gonna have. Like, I think in two years in the NFL, like you, you're gonna laugh at this, but I think you're gonna have a nickel corner, like your third corner
1: is gonna make ten million dollars a year. <laughs> I hope not. Um, like, but yeah, yeah, I mean, no. I, I think, like you said, it's you have to readjust your mind. Yeah. I think, I think what we understood in the past is like the standard and the going rate for a guy at a certain position that gives you that, that kind of value. Like that, the, the, everything's inflated. <laughs> and you know, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy.
0: And you know, as we talk about, we have no Saints news to talk about. But me and you did. We, I don't, we didn't, I don't think we argued on Twitter, right? But we talked about like. Uh, players that are are like free agents that are still out there. And I threw out the name Leon hall and he's like a hundred years old and his knees are shot. Um, but is there value that you can get in July and is,
1: well, they signed, uh, Goodwin in, uh, after June 1st. And, you know, that was one of those things where, uh, I don't know that he was tremendous value that final year he played, but he was a starter. So, Kevin Williams was a the guy they signed late in the yeah. process, and he ended up being a starter. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's veterans. You mentioned Leon Hall, you know, Luis Vasquez of uh, the Broncos. I mean, there's veterans that are floating around. I think the thing that's tough about them, it's a money thing. Like, I think a lot of them are just like, you know, yeah, what, I'm not going to, pl- I'm not going to play for the minimum. So, I'm happy to either sit at home and call it a day, or if you want to pay me. Uh, what I think I'm worth, then sure, I'll, I'll come play for you. So, you know, the Saints, I don't think are financially in a position to do that. Um, yeah. but it's kind of interesting. I mean, Col- Colston and Evans, I mean, those are two guys that are pretty broken, I would say. Broken, and, and,
0: broken like uh, me with my audio, yeah, I mean, audio yeah, issues. Like you like your audio quality. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it,
1: it's one of those things where I, I, I don't know that they have much left to give the league, but, um, I mean, is Marcus Colston, or and I'm not talking about for the Saints, but I'm just saying, is Jari Evans and Marcus Colston really any worse than some undrafted rookie that a team would sign at this point to run training camp? J-
0: I predict Jari Evans will get a job because Jari, like a guard, will get hurt in training camp, and Jari Evans will be on the list of players, and they'll have a team that will be in contention, like Arizona or. New England or something, and they will sign Jari Evans.
1: Yeah, I mean Pierre Thomas last season had to wait until what week ten to yeah. get a job,
0: and because I, I think I think Jari Evans he was qu- kind of quietly awful last year. Yeah. Is
1: that getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners? Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking what's your secret. Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
0: Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire?
1: You need indeed. Fair to say? That's fair.
0: Um, but I think a team would look at him and be like, you know, our offensive line is pretty good. If he can just be replacement level, we can get by with him. But the thing is, like you say, does Jarry Evans does he want to play for the minimum? You
1: know? Well, I mean, we know the Saints offered him a pay cut to stay. So, if he's not taking the Saints pay cut, I can't imagine he's, he's taking t- you know two million a year yeah. to play somewhere else.
0: <laughs> so, um, you know, and another thing uh, that I want to talk about is, uh, and I I did fight some people on this on Twitter is uh, the P.J. Williams, I. I I would you called it love in our first podcast take one, but I kind of the more I think about Andrew, I think it's kind of a cult. Like I think the PJ Williams people, they're getting a little out of control.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's ready to start ahead of Delvin Bro as the Saints' I number mean, one corner if just, he takes Saints' Twitter seriously. I mean, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where he's – you mentioned that he's reached Josh Hill of last year levels in terms of training camp. Internet hero. stock. like he's, yeah. he's at about
0: $25 a share, and he might be worth a penny come yeah. October 1.
1: And look, I like the prospect, but I, I think it's important to remember two things. Number one, he was the third-round pick. You know, he wasn't a first round pick and everyone's like, but he was a first round grade. There's reasons why guys fall. And with him, it was character stuff, but like that doesn't just go away. That's still a factor. And another factor is that he spent his entire rookie season on IR and didn't play a single game. So before I put any anointing water on the guy, I'd love to see him play one. Mm, The anointing
0: water. That's a Bill Parcells, Sean Payton special. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, but here, here's the thing, and we'll, 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 me and you would talk about it a little, but it's a topic that I want to save, hopefully, when we have audio with Dave and Kevin. But I, but I do think it's a legitimate point to make, and I'm sort of crafting my WWL preview around it. And it, you can just shoot holes in it if you want to, Andrew. But here's my theory, is that the Saints, with the Saints, defense doesn't matter. All that matters is can they have a top-five offense, can they be a top-five scoring offense? Because defense doesn't matter because we have a decade of proof that shows Sean Payton, the only time their defense is going to be good, they might get a dead cat bounce. But Sean Payton doesn't know how to build a culture and find players for, sus- for sustained defensive success. So while everybody on in, in, in training camp is going to be like, Oh my God, who's going to be the third corner? Who's going to be the linebacker? Who's going to be this on defense? Is Rankin going to be any good? Like... All those things are nice, but what really matters is, is Fleener going to be good? Is the offensive line going to be better? Is Thomas going to be good? Are they going to be good at wide receiver? Like, those questions matter way more than the defense. And that's my working theory for the Saints because they've proven that they just don't know anything about defense, so you might as well just give it up and just the offense is the thing that matters.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, I think – The times that defensive coordinators have come in, and I'm really thinking about Greg Williams in his first year, Rob Ryan in his first year, and they've had some success by mixing things up. Um, And that's when the teams have had the most success. And I think when they're at their worst, it's obviously when they have an all-world horrible team. (laughs) Defensively, and we're talking about Spagnola hitting his one year, or Ryan in these last two years. But these have been some of the all-time worst defenses in in the history of the league. Yeah, but the thing is, the Saints are getting seven wins out of that. Here's the thing, Um, though, Andrew. So they need to be not all-time worst. But the thing is,
0: the all-time worst defense is the norm. 2013 is the aberration.
1: No, I agree, but I still believe that there's somewhere to go that's in between. I, I, I can't subscribe to the fact that it's just like a lost cause and that Sean Payton, I, I do agree with you that the, the one stagnant has been a top five offense and I do believe they can replicate that again this year, but there are some signs. I mean, I think if you look at the draft picks, especially in the first round, Vaccaro,
0: Jordan, yeah.
1: hopefully Rankins, uh, Stefan Anthony, I mean, there's enough guys there. That are, that, that's now four first round picks, on the defensive side of the ball that you kind of feel like is a building block to maybe turning this thing around and developing and building a culture.
0: You know, uh, they're going to, they're obviously going to probably go to West Virginia for training camp. So if they go, will you be there again to give us yep, like, I'll, I'll up, be there. updates? Um, you know, and the thing is, the thing is that it's funny is you go into training camp. Like it, it really matters a lot. And I think, For for me, because you get good information, and I think the media is kind of soft on them. But um, are they – is anybody coming to practice against them in West Virginia? Uh, I know they're –
1: No, I think their joint practices are with the Texans and the Patriots, but I don't think either of them are in West Virginia this year. Because that
0: helps a lot. Because you know, because it's so hard to tell—is the secondary good or are the Saints receivers just you know—is the secondary bad? Is the receivers good?
1: That's a um, good point because when they practiced with the Patriots last year, I remember telling you Ralph, his defense is in trouble.
0: Yeah, you were like this. <laughs> you were like the defense is in trouble, and uh, Dustin Hopkins is going to be a really good kicker for the Saints. <laughs>
1: <laughs> turns out it was the Redskins. It turns out it was the Redskins. <laughs>
0: like, like I am going to make. The over/under on kicker jokes that I'm gonna make is a thousand, and the over/under on Saints media members to block me off the kicking jokes is gonna be like three. Like, I think they're <laughs> gonna block me because like last year they were arguing like it's not it's it, it, you know who it, I think like um, Nick Underhill who we like and other people what they were arguing with is like it was really close like it you know you can't you can't second guess that decision and you were like yeah you can. It was clear.
1: Like, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, that's how I felt.
0: But I want to talk about this, and I'm, I'm – <laughs> the audio pump is just – Andrew will tell you I'm I'm so mad. But we had a discussion. I want to have it here again because it was so fun. The Saints are doing the top ten on the season tickets, like moments, like big games, you know. And we, yep. we figured that they would only have one from uh, pre. 1985, before Benson bought the team. And Kevin brought up Dempsey and Gilliam. And I said they had so many moments that it would just be Dempsey. But the thing that was more fun was if, if we go to hell, Andrew, and we had to go to Saints games, the season tickets would have the worst moments on them, and it would be bizarro season tickets. And we named, like, all of them. Like, all the playoff losses under Mora. The 2011 San Francisco game. John
1: Carney's extra point. John
0: Carney's extra point. Probably Ditka and Ricky Williams on the ticket. Ditka wearing the dreadlocks. Oh, yeah. The Tim
1: Couch Hail Mary.
0: Tim Couch Hail Mary. You got to have Jonathan Sullivan on a ticket, too. Like, if you're doing (sighs) bizarro, bad memories for the Saints. I think you have to have Dick Gordon for the Astronaut. But you only have 10 tickets, so it's tough.
1: The Aaron Brooks backwards pass has (laughs) got to be on there.
0: (sighs) Oh, Do do you do? You, do you, uh, it's so it's so hard. Like the the Bizarro Saints season ticket. Like there's so many bad. I I think the re. I think the John Carney missed extra point has got to be, like that would be the that would be like, if you could encapsulate, like the misery of a Saints fan into five seconds. I think the John Carney extra point would be it.
1: Yeah, wasn't there a game where they were up by one and gave up a safety? In the yeah, last that was two with minutes? Ken
0: Stabler in eighty three. Yeah. They were winning yep. by one, Ken Stabler got sacked, and they lost by one. That was my <laughs> argument oh, I they whenever I mention Ken Stabler, a fun thing on Twitter is they have this like crazy diehard Raider fan that like always comes at me whenever I mention how bad Kenny Stabler was with the Saints, and I'm like, dude, I get that Kenny Stever was awesome with the Raiders, and you're like 70 and you love the guy. <laughs> but dude, he was atrocious with the Saints. He's like nine intercept, nine touchdowns, 18 interceptions, and like if and, and and because before I had a kid, they they have this guy. I forget his name, Chris. I forget. I won't even try to say your last name because I don't remember. But there's a guy in Mississippi. He has every Saints game ever on DVD. And you can send him a blank DVD, and he'll, you'll be like, dude, give me the 83 season. And he'll, like, copy it and send it to you. So man, that
1: guy's doing the Lord's work. He's doing
0: the Lord's work. So, like, um, I had him send me, like, the 79 Saints when they went 8-8. Eight and, eight, and I had him send me, like, the 83 Saints because I did columns on them. And, like, that 83 game, like, four of those games, man. Kenny Stabler was, like per- like like, personally... Responsible for the losing. Like, if he just would have not been a dumpster fire, like the Saints probably would have been like, instead of eight, and they'd probably been like 10 and 6 they That'd have been a horrible 10 and six with George Rogers running and a good young defense, and they wouldn't have won in the playoffs or nothing. But they, they, you know, I mean, like, he.
1: I did the 50 worst Saints ever, and it's just unbelievable (laughs) how many bad quarterbacks there are. I mean, the quarterback, the history of the Saints quarterback wise before I'll say before Bobby a So like we'll forget Bobby a you know, and obviously Aaron Brooks and and and, uh, and uh, Drew Brees and you know, obviously Archie's in the mix there. But but beyond those guys, like there's maybe like Jim Everett had a couple decent seasons and then it, it's just nothing but garbage trash heap awful. Well, here's the thing
0: about. Saints quarterback history, and we talked about it a little bit last week, but I'll go into it a little bit deeper now. The Saints, their first big move, they signed Gary Quazo, who was Johnny United. Johnny they gave
1: up the first round pick, first overall pick for Gary Quazo. Yeah. Didn't they?
0: Uh, I don't know if they did
1: that. I'm pretty sure they traded the first overall pick in the 1967 draft for Gary Quazo.
0: And Buddy D used to tell me that um, the Saints did it because. Um, they thought Quazzo looked good on his football card, and he like he wasn't I, he wasn't like totally joking. But I mean, scouting was different then, I guess. But yeah, like
1: uh, we you know this is no you right. Really they tra- they we, traded
0: they traded the number one pick for Gary Quazzo first overall. Yeah, and you know who the Colts picked? They picked Bubba Smith.
1: Oh, great! Yeah, wonderful. And
0: uh, like, like I mean.
1: They could. This the, is making me realize we should do a bracket with the uh, worst Saints quarterback of all time.
0: We should. You know, the Saints, they would have been better off just keeping the pick and picking somebody named Bob Greasy. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, that would have been nice.
0: Or, or, or they could have picked Steve Spurrier. That would have been fun. Um, you know, the, the NFL gave the Saints, as an expansion team, they gave them the first pick and the last pick of the first round. And and the, the Saints still they got they no and they had, this, they
1: had Paul Horning and Jerry Quaza they had the, they had the
0: first work. they had the first and last pick of the first round and they had the first uh and they had the first and last two picks of the second round they had four they had four picks no they had five picks in the top fifty three and all they got out of it was John Gilliam
1: unbelievable
0: <laughs> and so the Saints are so bad man they're just their their history of, of of pre like and it's it's a, it's a shame that the only people that really know it are like buddy D and Pete Finney and Dave Lagarde like all the people that know the Saints history they're all old and the and, and I know, but like this to me, like they don't even have like old like old Saints radio broadcasts in the '70s and '80s are gone. Like WWL didn't archive a bunch of it, so there's like games that are like gone. Like they don't even have them. Yeah. Like, and like to me, that's one of the things that like drives me nuts. like for NewOrleansSaints.com. Like they should hire a like a guy, a person like not maybe us because we're too we're too old and we have kids and we need to make money, but hire like a young go-getter person and have them make like 30 for 30 like short internet films of like interviewing people that like know the saint's history and like put it on their website and even if people don't necessarily you don't get like a ton of clicks from it like have it as a archive you know because now that it's all gone people will it's all over like people will speak more freely of it you know like well what? i feel
1: like the saint's website i mean they're they're doing a lot of like 50 year anniversary stuff where they're kind of going back over the history of the team and and things that have happened in each decade and i mean i feel like that's the most comprehensive thing i've seen in the last decade at least yeah and you know a lot lot of these reporters i mean jeff duncan um you know nick underhill cat Terrell. i mean they weren't really around like either they're too young or they just they were covering a different team and So that's just not in their strike zone or their knowledge base to talk about anything prior to really the breeze era.
0: Well, because you you had, you know, the Saints for the longest time you had the beat writers like Buddy D from New Orleans, Pete Finney from New Orleans. Bob Marshall, who was the beat writer and said he was from New Orleans. Bob Ross, who passed away. From, like, all day, they, they grew up in New Orleans, right? Yeah. And they, like, knew it all backwards and forwards, and, and they're just they're getting old. Yeah, man. like,
1: Larry, Larry Holder is from New Orleans, but I, I don't really know how much he was plugged into in the media until, you know, really the yeah. last five, ten years. No, I mean, Larry
0: Holder, when I was there in 03, 04, and oh five. He was, at first, I think, the freelance guy for the Sun-Herald. And then he was the full-time guy for the Sun-Herald when I left there, I think. You know? Um, so, there, but there's a lot of guys. E- even, like, me, who's, like, a Saints nerd and has read Who Dat History and other stuff that I can get. Jeff Duncan's book and all that. Like, I know it, but I, I guarantee you I know... The, the, you multiply what I know times a thousand times Pete Finney and Ed Daniels and you know those guys. I mean, the Saints did some crazy shit in the. I mean, they did just unbelievable shit in the seventies and and they're. I think tra- we
1: need to get Pete Finney on this podcast.
0: Yeah, and have the audio go bad and yeah, hum- that'd be hum- awesome. Hum- hum- humiliate me. I think Pete <laughs> Finney might do. It. The thing is though, I might I might have an in with Pete Finney because I could I could if I could if I could. Get him on the phone. I could regale him with, but to like we could reminisce about Buddy D. That's my in with all the old guys. Like if yeah. like like I, got, I feel like you
1: did that with D'Autier, and then half the podcast was spent with you and him just reminiscing about <laughs> Buddy D. Yeah, but it gets
0: it get, But it gets them in. It gets them on. And then I did like Ed Daniels. I had him on one time. Henderson would be good too. Oh, yeah. Henderson right. yeah, would that's be good. Speaking
1: game. of, yeah. He's been <laughs> yeah. around since the beginning.
0: Yeah. Well, he started doing play-by-play. Play. He started, he moved to New Orleans, I think, from Atlanta in like 79. Okay. So he so – he, but I mean that's
1: he, – He's certainly been around ever since I was a kid.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we – but the Saints – but I, that's the thing. Like, you, you know, you have other teams like San Francisco – and the bears, all their history is like that old stuff is cataloged, and I know that there's like a knit, like it's niche, like the diehards would want it. In the well, catalog. I think
1: Tom Benson really just wants us to forget about everything before '85. <laughs> he, he did,
0: he did, and we did it. He did, he he did, he put out a media guide in 2004 that had no Saints history before 1985, and the Saints media <laughs> freaked out. Kenny, Kenny Wilkerson. <laughs> took the media guide. I, I didn't. T- I, I'm glad I. Rem- you, you brought that up because I would have told the story. I, as God my witness. Kenny Wilkerson took the media guide that the Saints had that didn't have pre-1985 stuff, and he <laughs> chopped it in half with an axe that he got out of his truck. <laughs> I was oh, and I was just like, I was like, that's really funny, but Kenny, you're kind of insane. And I say that as – I said it as the one person left on the earth probably that's in the media that like doesn't like just bag and tell how horrible Kenny Wilkerson is. But Kenny Wilkerson, I I love the guy because he helped me out, but he was a little bit crazy.
1: Um, He knew his saint's history
0: though. Dude, he did. Well, he did and he – he the thing about him was that made him different than the media today and I think is that they they don't let They don't let people do what Kenny Wilkerson did. Kenny Wilkerson – would help players out. Like uh, the old Saints fullback, Mike Carney. He was a big hunter, right? Kenny Wilkerson would, like, hook him up with gear and stuff and, like, as, like, favors and stuff. So, like, he would give Kenny Wilkerson inside dirt that other reporters didn't have. So Kenny Wilkerson would, like, that line between reporter and friend of the player, like, Kenny Wilkerson just gave no shits about that.
1: Yeah, well, I think well, I think it's twofold why that doesn't happen anymore. I think number one, in the social media era, where it's just like information gets out there so quickly. I just think players are a lot more vigilant, and you know, Sean Payton. I mean, he he's really done uh, an obsessive job almost of batting down the hatches.
0: Oh yeah, they batted and
1: and really keeping a lid on things. But I also think in the media, like it's hard to really have a personality. You know, because so much of it now is breaking news on Twitter and just being the first yeah. to tweet something in 140 characters or less. And you know, I will say Nick Nick Underhill does a pretty good job of showing his personality on there and uh, developing his brand. But I just think a lot of the times these media people they get lost in the shuffle because you know their articles are a sentence long, and that's really like that. That's how. It's just, I'm not blaming them. That's like how society is now. We consume and it, media in, in tweets. And it
0: is like – and I say this as a person that worked at two newspapers and worked at a radio station covering the Saints and a TV station covering the Saints. Media, I got out of it because with the internet, they pay less. They work you more and it is a hard fucking job. Yeah, You know, those beat writers, I mean, people think those beat writers are making good, they are not. They are working their butts off and they are not making nearly probably what you think of it. And we're really lucky. I think, I think probably, Andrew, and I'm not just saying this because I like them and they're nice to me on Twitter. I probably think the Saints right now, they have as good a collection of beat writers as I think they've ever had. Since I was a little kid, like, well,
1: it's almost like they have to push each other, yeah. you know, I they mean, work hard. Yeah. I
0: mean, Nick Underhill is phenomenal with Washington, tape, even though he's gets salty. Uh, Kat Terrell is she does her junior galette piece last year was phenomenal, even though I kind of went back and forth with her. I feel like they the, the they hold a lot of stuff back until the off season, you know, like all the juicy stuff. That yeah. that's kinda like percolating under the surface. Like Larry Holder said they hold it for a rainy day. Um, you know, but that they gotta do what they gotta do to to keep to, to make a living. Um but I think they're I think those two are phenomenal. like those two are the best beat writers that we've had in a long time. Because 'cause they've had other people that are just kinda like, eh, you know? Um but they're really good. So um you know, before we get out of here, Andrew, I want you to tell <laughs> the story that you told about your friend and his sandals.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a softball game this evening and, um, I, first of all, I, I didn't even realize that my friend did this it's it's a really weird habit. But, um, he, I guess he puts his cleats on and then he like leaves his sandals in the grass right by his parked car. Like he just leaves them there on the ground, um, as opposed to throwing them in his trunk or whatever. And so, he came back after the game and went to go get his sandals. And there were sandals laying there in the grass, but they weren't his. And they were like these old, beat-up sandals with duct tape on them. And so evidently, someone had stolen his flip-flops, <laughs> but a- as an olive branch left their sandals, which were like lower in quality. So basically, whoever stole them like felt they were getting an upgrade, but were willing to leave their... They're less appealing sandals for him in case he wanted them, which oh. I, I just thought was the most glorious move. I mean, if you're going to be a criminal, I mean, what a strange way to go about it. But it was
0: I like, like I could just see him like sliding off the sandals and then like maybe like I'll reach down and take my. No, I'll just leave them <laughs> like, you know?
1: as if he would ever wear them. Like yeah. that's the part that's so great.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that, that's like a giant middle finger.
1: But that's like you know that's one of those things like I was telling him you know he he was saying he was all mad and he was gonna email all the captains and all this stuff and see if he could figure out you know which team was involved and or whatever <laughs> and I was like look man when something like that happens to you you got to take it on the chin.
0: Well here's the thing though if he saw the sandals like next week like oh what? well you
1: know he's gonna be eyeing every, <laughs> every <seat>. yeah every <laughs> player that walks through the park.
0: he's gonna be like he's gonna be like uh, he's gonna be like Rex Ryan.
1: That's right. It'll be amazing if someone has the stones to actually wear his sandals that they just stole in the parking lot.
0: Well, we have some Twitter questions, and this is from Dylan. What would it take for the Saints to win the NFC South?
1: I think it's a steep hill to climb to catch the Panthers right now. I I think defensively, they're so good, and offensively, they're just good enough um, that – I I just think it's too tough for the Saints to catch him. So They,
0: they Yeah, no, the Saints to me, the Saints would have to have a, a really good injury luck because they don't have any depth and they yeah. need a fleener, spiller, or Mike Thomas. They need two of those guys to be awesome along with Well, Brandon,
1: I, yeah, Brandon I Tux. I just think like if you look if you look at the star power, like if you look at the quality of the players. Like with with the Saints, I would say that you know, Breeze is obviously elite, and then you've got Armstead, you know, Cam Jordan, and maybe like Brandon Cooks. Like those are really the yeah. maybe the four guys that stand out to me. those are those are really solid players. The Panthers, I mean, you got Short, Keekly, um, Thomas Davis, um, you know, Cam Newton, uh, Greg Olson. I mean, you go up and down the list. I mean, they've got for every one guy that the Saints have like that, the Panthers have two or three. And from a star power, power and just player quality standpoint, they just have better guys. So I, I honestly I think it's even less about injuries. I think it's more about you know guys like Rankins and Cam Jordan and um, you know Stephon Anthony like making that leap. Where like the Saints just have guys that are playing at a Pro Bowl level that were like they just from a player quality standpoint. Catch up to the Panthers a little bit because right now I think that's their, they're just deficient in talent.
0: And also I think this for the Saints to catch the Panthers because I think if everything breaks right for the Saints with their schedule, I think if, if, well, if, if, they have more things break right than break wrong. They could be like nine and seven or 10, yeah. and, ten and six, and that might get them a wild card. But if you want to catch the Panthers, you gotta go. Get, you probably gotta get to eleven or twelve wins. They're good.
1: I mean, like think about like Kirk Coleman and like Shaq Thompson. Those are guys that we don't talk about at all. But Kirk Coleman had like seven picks last year, yeah. and Shaq, Th- Shaq Thompson, you know, is a first round linebacker, and you don't. He gets lost in the shuffle with Keekly and Davis, but. He's a great young player that yeah. runs really I think well sideline to sideline.
0: Besides, you know, just having things break their way and injuries or whatever. The thing that Dylan, the thing that the Saints will have to do to win the NFC South is they'll just have to be lucky as hell in close games. Like all yeah. those games that are decided by a touchdown, like you know, you usually have like say six to eight of those a year, right? Yeah. Instead of going like four and four in those games or five and three, like the Saints need to go like six and two.
1: You know, you know how six. you go six and two in those games, with a really reliable kicker.
0: Oh damn it, Andrew. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. B- Buzz kill. All right. Last yep. question. But then, you
1: know, I mean, another thing is like Spiller and, and Jerris Bird. Like if if they. Come back to playing like at the level they did in Buffalo when they were really special. Like that's the kind of thing that the Saints would need. Yeah. Like kind of unrealistic stuff where guys that have done it before or haven't done it yet, and it just all comes together. Yeah,
0: and you know the Carolina's not going fifteen and one because they won a lot of close games last year. So yeah. the question is, do they the, do they have a Super Bowl hangover to twelve and four, or do they have a Super Bowl hangover to ten and six? If it gets to ten and six, then. It's wide open.
1: Well, the so, Josh Norman injury hurts them. So that will be loss, interesting to yeah. see. Yeah. So, oh, last, yeah, lost. Yeah.
0: Last question, and then we can get out of here. The Eagle asks, what is more acceptable? Dating a girl who knows nothing about football, is a Seahawks fan, or is a Falcons fan?
1: So we were talking about this earlier, and we agreed that dating a girl that's a Seahawks fan is the worst of the three options. And the reason for that is you can't really convince her otherwise. Yeah, and Seahawks are diehard, and and she'll probably defend Pete Carroll being a true. She'll defend, she'll defend him to the death, and be like, "Oh, but he's so positive and he's so cute."
0: Watch lose change. It's got some good points.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, Alex Jones
0: isn't crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that uh, Seahawks are out. Falcons. Now, my cousin dated a Falcons fan once, and. They're, they're so soft. The thing yeah. about Falcons fans is they're so yeah. soft, they're easy to turn. Yeah. So yeah. I think dating a Falcons fan is actually, you would think that the reaction would be like, oh no, don't date them, that's the worst. I actually think that's like one of the more palatable of the three options.
0: Especially if you're dating a Falcons fan and you're not in Atlanta, you could flip them easy. Like like, oh, yeah. like, like Atlanta, like, like Atlanta, Falcons they don't have a ton of die hard Atlanta Falcon fans just like and I say this I'm a die I,
1: I feel like they're begging and just waiting for a reason to jump ship
0: Yeah and I say this as a as a as as a lifelong crazy Houston Astros fan and my wife is a crazy like the no Astros, my wife she's, the Astros are her team she watched she 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 told me yesterday she's like I'm sad baseball season is half over now like she Legitimately loves baseball and the Astros, and she's a crazy Astro fan. But I would say, like Atlanta Falcons fan and and Astros fan, you don't meet a lot of like diehards of that variety. So you could switch her. So I would say, if you can date a Falcons fan and you're not in Atlanta, that's the way to go. You can, you can, you can, you can turn her.
1: Yeah. You know? Otherwise, otherwise, just take the girl that doesn't like football. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so um that wraps up the podcast thanks everybody for donating we're working on the audio issues god i am a broken fucking
1: man over. i just hope this audio takes are uh, we sure are we sure this podcast is uh, gonna I work
0: you, i i both of our audio levels are good andrew i hope to god yes it might not be so great. It might not be so great because I turned off the stereo recording to ma- try to make sure that it recorded. Because it was, anyway. It's just a long story. So anyway, oh thanks to everybody for donating. Uh, and sorry, Kevin and Dave. They were here. They're not MIA. They are raced for bad audio. So find Kevin on Twitter. Find David Canal Street Chronicles. Go to Saints Nation because Andrew's writing great stuff. Uh, until next week. The bar is closed.